This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. August 21st, 1911, Paris, France. The Mona Lisa has been stolen from the Louvre. You know what the Mona Lisa looks like, right? I don't have to describe it to you. It's probably the most famous painting in the world. But a big reason it's so famous is that it was stolen in 1911. Don't get me wrong, it was famous before that. But one of the most famous paintings in the world meant something different in 1911 than it does now. You've been looking at it all your life. Photos of it online, in magazines, on TV, in movies. You've seen takeoffs and parodies. As soon as I said Mona Lisa, you could picture it. None of that was happening in 1911. Photos were black and white and grainy, and there was no mass media to display them. The Mona Lisa was famous, but that just meant you'd know it if you were interested in art, if you had expensive books that had color reproductions, or you were an art student or something. You and me? Regular schmoes out here wondering when this whole automobile fad was going to pass? We might not know it. A lot of people saw the Mona Lisa for the first time when it was splashed, in grainy black and white, on page one of newspapers all over the world after it was stolen. It was on the Chronicle's front page, but the dispatch from Paris also described the painting. It's a seated woman wearing a dark gown. She has this smile. It wasn't assumed that people would just know it from the name. Noah Charney is an art historian and author, and he told CNN a few years ago that if another one of Leonardo da Vinci's works had been stolen, that would have become the most famous painting in the world. If you've been to the Louvre, or even if, like me, you haven't, you know what a mob scene it is around the Mona Lisa. Well, here's how big a deal that painting was in 1911. It took a whole day before anybody realized it was missing. I said August 21st at the beginning of this episode because that's when it was stolen, but nobody knew it until August 22nd. What happened was an artist had set up his easel to paint a still life in the gallery, and he didn't like that blank space where the Mona Lisa should have been, so he asked a guard. The guard said, oh, well, it's probably up on the roof being photographed. There was a project going on where the Louvre was taking photos of every piece in the museum, and they do that up on the roof for the natural light. It took some asking around, but they figured it out. Nope, it's not on the roof. The museum's security staff, such as it was, sprung into action and found the frame on some back stairs along with the protective glass case that had been over the painting. That's when it was clear. Stolen! The famous Mona Lisa! You know, it's that painting of a woman. She's seated and she's wearing a dark gown and there's this smile on her. So who stole it? Vincenzo Perugia. He was a handyman who'd worked at the Louvre. In fact, he'd installed that glass case around the Mona Lisa. He and two associates put on white smocks like the one museum workers wore, and they either hid overnight in a storage closet or they walked in with the other employees first thing in the morning. They ditched the case and the frame, and the plan was for Perugia to walk out with the painting hidden under his smock. 
Well, the Mona Lisa is surprisingly small, but it's painted on wood, not canvas, so you can't roll it up or fold it. And it's a little too big to hide under a smock. So Perugia draped his smock over the painting, put it under his arm, and walked out the door. It was missing for more than two years. Perugia was probably hoping to sell the painting, but he was surprised by what a big deal the theft was. It's too hot to sell. The gendarmes interviewed suspect after suspect. At one point, they arrested the poet Guillaume Apollinaire, and he pointed the finger at a pal of his, Pablo Picasso. They brought him in for questioning, too, and there were rumors involving J.P. Morgan. All this time, Perugia was just sitting on the Mona Lisa. It was in his boarding house in Paris. Finally, late in 1913, he brought it to an art gallery in Florence. That's where the Mona Lisa was painted. There are various stories about what happened next. Perugia was either trying to sell it, or, according to him, after he was arrested, he wanted a reward for the patriotic act of bringing the Mona Lisa back to its home country, 100 years after it had been stolen by Napoleon. Either way, the art gallery called the cops and they arrested Perugia. Napoleon hadn't stolen the Mona Lisa, by the way. He did stick it in his bedroom for a while in 1821. But King Francois I of France bought the painting in 1516 from Leonardo da Vinci, who delivered it himself when he went to work in Francois' court. Still, Perugia got a lot of love in Italy for his patriotism, and he got a light sentence, about a year in jail. He served about seven months. The painting got paraded around Italy a little bit, and then it went back to the Louvre in January 1914. Perugia died in 1925 at the age of 44, and the world's newspapers missed that story. He had been forgotten. Very much unlike the Mona Lisa. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.